Do you remember that one episode that we introed with a rap? Oh, my Lord. That was so bad, dude. Oh, that was horrible. <laughs> if you guys want us to freestyle intro again, no. we'll do it. No, we won't. We'll do it. We'll Josh, do it. don't make any promises. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, well, welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Juvie Podcast. And before we get into this episode, please make sure to, if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to like this video, hit the subscribe button with the notification bell on, and also leave a comment for what you want Wait, to see in off. the next episode. not off. No, not off. Okay. Oh, you want it on. You so want to hear it ring. So ding, what ding, color ding. should the um, subscribe button be? It should be gray instead of red. Should it say uh, follow or following? Following. How many star review? Five. Okay. Okay. And also, if it doesn't have the downloaded button, that's wrong. It's actually illegal. Yeah, that is wrong. In yeah. the state of California and every other place on earth, that's <laughs> actually an illegal thing if it's not downloaded. Yeah, we don't want to have to press charges. So if everyone can just make sure that that thing is downloaded, we appreciate yeah. that. And we won't have to call the cops on you. Exactly. And if you leave a review, we'll read it every single episode. Bam. Happy summer. Yeah. We're getting there. We are getting there. We are finally in warm weather. Yep. It's looking promising. Next seven days just look like sun here in Northern California. It does. Yeah. So, everybody, it's been a kind of crazy time in the internet recently and in, in sure culture. Has. Sure has. Um, And by the time this episode comes out, this will have been... It will probably still be going on. It will probably still be a big thing. But right now will be kind of the forefront of it happening. I found out about it a few days ago. Um, and I think it's just a really powerful thing that's going on with Gen Z right now. All right. Let's hear about Have it. you heard about the Tennessee, um, the Tennessee students who are protesting right now? About the gun violence? Yeah. Yeah, I did hear about it. So 10,000 kids and students in Tennessee, 10,000 people gathered in person in the Tennessee state capitol. 10,000 children. I think, how much of that do you think is because of the word of mouth through social media? I don't even know if you can say word of mouth anymore. Maybe pl- publicity? Yeah, no, media? I mean, it's it's a lot. But, like, in pro- in protests, it's going to be hard to find 10,000 adults mm-hmm. to do something like that. Very but the true. fact that 10,000 kids and probably the probably majority Gen Z pulled together to to protest something that they're really passionate about i think it's really incredible the thing is is whether or not you agree with it i think anything where humans come together it's something to be the at least idea of it and the impact it can make is respectable for sure i think it's just like it's one of those things where like when humans come together then you realize how powerful it is yeah for sure so what they did was they marched the capital uh they had signs they were chanting that all sorts of stuff and they were marching the capital to to try and promote their protest Excuse me. Uh, so they went inside when um, 99 members of the Tennessee State House were in session. Um, and it's completely legal for them to be there because there's the like the viewing deck of the state capitol. They can go inside um, and they can they can be a part of watching. It. It's completely legal. They didn't do anything wrong. Um, so they go up to the top while they're in session and they start protesting. They start chanting um, about the gun violence rules um, because they're afraid to go to school, mm-hmm. which a kid should never feel. Yeah. They're afraid for their lives in, in their classrooms. So they start protesting um, that they should have like better gun laws. Mm-hmm. At this point, instead of asking them to leave, there's three representatives that actually stand up and go to the front and start chanting with them. Hmm. So there's three people on their side. Um, out of 90. Out of 99. So it's not a majority. It's just it's good that there was people there. So at this time, the Speaker of the House becomes quite furious. And you can assume why, because um, there's, there's 10,000 kids. Uh, there's probably They probably all couldn't fit inside the room. But there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of kids 
there who are protesting against him. Um, and at this point, he slams down the gavel and he calls a 30-minute recess. Um, so, yeah, they all have to leave. Um, and it's just a bit crazy what's what's happening. Like, Do you think he was rightfully to call that? I mean, it's up to him to make that decision. Um, but I, I, I don't think they should have ended it that quickly. Because then instead, instead of trying to listen to what they say, do you think they pass a gun, correla- gun control legislation? What do you mean? Like, do you... Like, no, they, no didn't. they didn't. They didn't. Do you think they're going to help out? In what way? Like, do you think they're going to try, or do you think they did try to help out what they're trying to do? No. No. Do you want to know what they did as a solution to this? Mm-hmm. They banned the three representatives who stood up against them. I think it all has, it all depends on, listen, if these people came in the room in a conversation that was very organized and professional and they come in and they start chanting, I can understand the frustration. I understand the frustration from both sides, but I think there's also, like we talked about in the episode before, there's a way to have a conversation and there's a way to prove a point. For sure. When you want to prove a point, you might not actually get the outcome. So it depends on what your goal is. Was there a goal in there to go in there and make sure that those representatives knew what they thought? If that was the goal, I think the representatives already knew that people had feelings about it. So I don't know if their, but if their goal was to actually get something passed, is that the best way to do it? Definitely not. I think this was just them trying to get their voices heard. Yeah. Because they, they wanted them to see how many children could come together just in one state. Yeah. Um, probably just in one city in Tennessee um, to show that they're actually afraid to go to school. Yeah. And that they go to the government for protection and yeah. then they don't get the protection they, they, they were looking for. Yeah. I think it's an interesting one, and I think when it comes to the banning of the people that sided with them, I just wonder if there's any laws in place that do prohibit that. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I think I think it's kind of sad that nowadays when there's people who try to stand up for the right thing, that's when people get the most scrutiny. Because I don't think that's anything new. No, it's not not it's not anything new. I think it's just sad that that's that's a thing. It, it makes me sad that there's people who are trying to actually stand up for the kids who are trying to trying to feel safe in their school and then because of that yeah, they get they I, get banned. I do see what you're saying, but I think it's also it it's pretty subjective because I think both sides could say that. Yeah. And I, I don't even think it, this has to be on the topic of guns, but I think when when people believe on it, when people don't agree, when people have a belief and someone doesn't agree, well then all of a sudden you feel like the victim. But the irony is that both sides feel like that. Yeah. If I were to go and I were to if I were to protest for something and you didn't agree with me, well all of a sudden I'm the one that's like, oh, they didn't agree with me. I'm in the victim place. But you also felt something about that. You yeah. also had feelings about that. So I think, I mean, politics are hard, especially as a minor when you can't actually vote. But I do think it's an interesting thing of how people are using their U.S. citizenship and they're expressing their things legally. Yeah. Like, I think that is that's something that, you know, a lot of people are afraid that we're losing in America. But I think the fact that you can still do that. And again, it did come with some restraints but again if it's all under legal order then okay but i think that and that's something that not all places have not all places not like we're very extremely extremely privileged to live in a country where that can be a thing yeah because that's not actually a thing everywhere and i know we have listeners all over the world and for the ones that live in america and and all all countries have their upsides but i think we do have a privilege to be able to do that for sure and i think it's i think my main point of bringing this up was how i find it very powerful that that Gen Z was able to bring together this amount of numbers to try and stand up for something they believe in. Yeah. 
um, which I think recently has been pretty hard for people to do because there's so many opinions. Yeah. Um, well, it's not just a recent thing. It's hard to bring people to together to kind of go after one thing. 100%. But I also thought there was an irony in it because apparently when they were leaving, um, all the kids would push out into the hallway, um, obviously, because everybody had to leave. And then when the the state representatives were walking away, they were like petrified of these children so much so that they had police escorts walking them through the halls um and i think the irony behind that is that the kids came seeking protection because of fear of violence Mm -hmm. and then it's the people who are they were looking for protection were afraid of them and i think it's it's just kind of kind of ironic i mean i I do i i see from like an outside perspective the irony of it but it's also a safety thing yeah you know it does make sense when the when there's 10,000 people, if there was really, I don't know if there's 10,000 in the halls. If the halls were filled with people that disagree with you, I probably want security too. And I, but I, I yeah, it but does it, say yeah, a lot. It, it does, does say, say a, lot. a lot of like, and may, maybe that was the goal. Yeah. Maybe the goal was, and I, again, I don't know what was going through these kids' minds of their goal, and that would be interesting to hear. But I think, I hope that they got their goal accomplished. If their goal was to face-to-face say something that they believed in, then all power to you. I think that's great. But again, if their goal was to actually get something passed, is this going to directly correlate to that being passed? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll find out. Apparently there's a guy who's kind of leading the charge with these, and he's making some incredible speeches, like really peaceful speeches, which is just getting his point his point across really well. And people have been comparing his speeches to the I Had a Dream speech. Mm. Like they're so powerful that people have been giving him that status of like, these incredible diplomatic speeches on on par with I had a dream, which I think I mean, is crazy. That's a big statement. Huge. I've never statement. heard it, so I won't be able to talk on that one. But yeah, that's, it's that's like pretty it's, big. it's a very big. It's, it's an honor. Like if if that's true, it's an honor. But um, if not, if not, it's it's kind of a crazy thing to say. Like, it's a little disrespectful. <laughs> yeah. So my boss told me that, and I was like, "Can you say that? Can you like put something on the level of of that speech?" I was pretty controversial. I would not dare. Yeah, me neither. I don't think there is many things that I would compare. Dude, talking about crazy things that kids have done, I was telling my one of my um, customers at work, um, he asked what I had been up to, and I told him about the podcast a little bit, um, a little bit about how we're trying to reverse stereotype about, about kids and about Gen Z. He told me that when his son was 11, or no, when his son was 8, he had learned, no, yeah, when his son was 11, he had learned eight different computer languages. Like code? Yeah. Wow. Like coding languages. That's awesome. And it's crazy because it's, I think it's so powerful that nowadays kids can learn these incredible skills, which are going to put them so ahead of the game. A hundred percent. Like there's people that can do that. Cause we talked a little bit about how we wanted to reverse stereotype. Um, and he completely agrees that it shouldn't be based on life experience. It should be based on skill and whether or not you get respect. Like that kid is probably better at coding than most I don't want to say most adults because I don't know how coding works, but like to be 11 years old. It's impressive nonetheless. And to know that much about a a, a topic. Yeah. It's fantastic. I think I it's think crazy it's that kids can learn that. doing it. Yeah. He enjoys it. After the first one, he's like, I want the second one. Then the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, and the eighth. It's like, yeah, he loves that. That's also something that I love about Gen Z and careers. I feel like they're going into stuff that they love instead of going into stuff that they need to do. Yeah. Which I think is a big downfall of why a lot of people who grew up in a time where you had to have a job just to survive instead of a job that you can love. I think that's a big benefit of Gen Z is that okay. nowadays you can really, really love something you work for. So I have this conversation and I've had this conversation a few times with a few different people. And I think 
the opposing argument is that can we have a functioning society where everyone loves their employment? Not everyone. I think there's always going to be people who are going to who are going to be upset by what they do. Not only that, but if everyone had the choice. If everyone had the choice, I think people would try, but I don't think people would be as successful. I think there'd be a lot of people who would try to do something just not that they like, love. Not even individual success. On a society scale, if everyone were to love their job, could we have a functioning society? I think so. Okay. Why do you have to think about it? What do you think? I just feel like that'd be... That obviously would be ups and downs because I feel like with, I mean, there wouldn't really be ups and downs. I feel like if people loved their jobs, people would be better at their jobs. And then that would kind of help performance in all sorts of aspects. Yeah. Whenever I get this argument, I always think about it. I feel like I keep going back and forth of like, okay, would we have a happier, more successful society if everyone enjoyed what they did? They woke up on Mondays like, yay, I get to go do this job. I just don't think it's realistic. Oh, no, it's not realistic because there's, there's only, no way that everybody on earth is going to love their jobs. But not only is it not realistic, I don't think it's actually the most beneficial. Yeah, because I think there's some people who, here's what I think. I think there's a lot of people who don't like their jobs, so they find efficient ways to be done with it quicker. And then that's when you can find some really incredible work ethics. You know what I mean? Like, if there's somebody, mm. if if you have somebody who doesn't like their job they want to finish it but they know they have to do it well they're going to find an efficient way to get that task done there's going to be some people who are going to find the efficient way to get it done and it won't be as good there's also people with good work ethics who might not love their job who are going to find the best way to do it but also the fastest way to do it you know what i mean yeah i think i do see what you're saying but i think i think we need there there is something to be said about trial and error and people failing and people not actually liking what they do because if you were to just, you come out of the womb, you become an adult, and someone hands you, hey, this is your contract for life, this is going to be your job, and you're going to love it. We, human behavior, and again, this is not a realistic scenario, but if that were to be the case, and we still had human thoughts and human opinions, I think we'd have a society of very lazy people. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about the people that work blue-collar jobs and wake up, and they work hard, and they go to bed, and they do the same thing the next day. Those people in a lot of scenarios, have more respect from me than the people that sit behind their desk job and work nine to five and complain. Yeah. Because the people that actually work hard actually tend to be the least complaining people. Because they're like, hey, this is actually what I'm presented with. This is actually what I need to wake up and do. Yeah. Do I have a choice? Do I go, do I have an intern or a, or a PA or a boss to complain to? No, but my job is to wake up and I'm going to go do yeah. get this job done to a certain standard. And those type of people believe it or not, agree with me or not, are the people that make the world go round and they actually make our society function. Because they know it's realistic. They know that their job is their job. They know that they have to do this to live and they know that they have to do it to serve a purpose. And I think that's when you find the hard workers and the hard work ethic. Yeah. Because they're going to work until their job's done. Because they know that's what they need to do and that's what they need to do to survive. And I think when you have less options... And this is, this is a more of a broad statement, and so take it how you want. But I think when you have less options, people tend to be more happy. Yeah. Because it, it's, kind of, it, it's kind of a – there's kind of a piece to it. If I'm like, hey, okay, I'm good at this one thing, and I'm not actually good at these other things, but I'm good at this one thing, well, that's what I'm actually going to do. I think there's a piece to that compared to being like – I think it's an ego thing of like – yeah, I'm good at all these things. Like, what job, what six-figure job do I want to pick? Yeah. Those people actually aren't happy. 
But the guy that's like, hey, I get to work and I get to live in America. Let's start there. That's yeah. the privilege I get to wake up to. I get to wake up in America and I have a job that pays me. Might not like it every second, but I actually have something where I get to live in a country where I get to go and decide. What, do we forget that other countries don't actually get to do that? Yeah. There true. are places where we don't actually get to make the decision. And I think it's, it's more to be said about the people that complain. Yeah. About when they get to go home in their suburban neighborhood. And it's like, and listen, we've been privileged to grow up in that. Not going to ne- neglect the fact that we got to grow up in that. Yeah. But there's also people that don't take that, take that for granted. And it's that true. makes me mad. <laughs> yeah, no, people who take for granted what they have. Like, there's people who are working in worse situations than you are. That's Every just, single day. It's, it's always, it's a fact. There's going to be someone who's in a worse situation than you are. I but har- the people who are in the best situations, I feel like, are the ones who are more inclined to complain. Well, because they, they don't know, they don't know the, the, the they don't know what life they could, situation. They don't know what they could have if they didn't have what they had. I heard it, I heard it said, and I've heard this a few different times, and I think it's probably in every single time, dude. I, since I've heard this statement, every single time before I complain, I think about this. If we were to all throw our problems into a pile, guarantee you'd be the first one to pull yours out. Yeah. Guarantee. There's always someone that has it worse than you in every single scenario. And I think when it comes to the privilege thing, the, I feel like the only – I mean, we can all talk about it and we can all have opinions on it. But I think where I see it, the realist, is my dad was the first generation over from a communist country, mm-hmm. right? His parents didn't have a choice. Yeah. Th- that wasn't a thing. So hearing that he was the first one over from a communist country, the first one to get a college education and make a career for himself, in a way, that's a sense of pressure of like – yeah. Okay, no, no, no. I didn't have to escape a communist country. <laughs> I grew up in not only a country that's privileged, but a state that's privileged. Yeah. And not only do I get to wake up with a roof under my head, I get to now pick a career. Like, let's not forget that that's that's not that's not a choice for some people. Yeah, like the thing is with us, me, I'm lucky living in America. I'm not a citizen. Right. So say if the world went into war, I wouldn't have to at least I don't think, because I have a Greek, and I'm not really sure, I wouldn't have to sign up for a draft. Yeah. But there's people all over the world right now that are in war, and they don't get to have a childhood because they're drafted into something like where they have to fight on the front lines of their country. And I think why it's so important that we talk about these things is because people don't think about it. I fall victim to this all the time. 100%. I forget. I'm like, like even the stupidest thing of like, oh, dang, like I got to go and I got to get this done. It's like, yeah, now you do. Like, you do got to go get that done. But there's also kids in other countries that don't have the opportunity to do your worst part of the day. Yeah. They would be happy to get that done. And it's in its perspective that a lot of Gen Z lacks. And again, I'm not sitting here in the perfect position. I lack it too. But it's something I think about. I'm like, when I wake up on Monday mornings, like today's a Monday, and I woke up and I get to hear my alarm go off and I get to get out of bed and there's actually breakfast for me. People don't have that. Yeah. That's and we forget that, especially growing up in such a privileged country. We forget that people don't have those things. Exactly. Like, if I put into perspective the worst part of my shift, the which... Best like, part of someone else's day, dude. Exactly. Say if I have to go clean the bathrooms or I have to take out the trash. I don't necessarily hate those things. It's just stuff that I have to do. But, like, if if I really hated taking that trash and I was so sick of it and I was complaining so much, there's kids who are forced to work in factories working till their fingers bleed. Yeah. That if I said, hey, do you want to switch jobs for 10 minutes so you go take out the trash? They would pay you to do that. 100%. I think I just think about it. Who am I? Who am I to complain about these things? Yeah. What what problems do I really have, dude? And I think that's a perspective that, man, our generation lacks. It's who am I to complain about this thing? It's a Monday and I 
I get to go to school. <laughs> Do yeah, we forget that? As much as we complain about school, People we get, get to, to go school. get a free education in a country. Now, we do have problems as a country, but the fact that we get to go, people would pay, people pay money <laughs> to yeah. go and get a safe education and go and get an education that puts them in a career field. Like, I, I forget about this all the time. That's why I'm so but passionate lots, about lots it. Lots of third world countries don't have schools available. It, it's not a thing, dude. So even... I think the best way to put it is the worst part of your day is would be the best part of someone else's day. Yeah. When we complain about things, it's just who am I to be complaining about this dude? And it, and I think, I think sometimes when I lack it, the thing that reminds me about it is when I hear other people complaining about it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I missed the drop of the new dunks, instead of, oh, I have to walk two miles to get a cup of water. <laughs> like it's just it's a different world. We live in such a different world, and it's so. Like, we're so desensitized to the outside world because we don't have to deal with it. Yeah. That, like, again, we're not saying we don't struggle with this stuff. Like, we obviously, we still have to think, oh, we shouldn't be complaining right now. We still have first world problems every day that don't even compare to the third world problems. And I think it's just putting it into perspective. Like, complaining for us would be a joy for them. And that it, it hurts when I think about that I've complained about the little things. And the thing is, is I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I'm never going to complain about a little thing again. But it it's more of like I, I'm trying to train myself to think about these things of yeah. like, like e- even ah, just the stupidest things. I'm like, dude, like what? Did you forget like what your parents and parents had to go through? Literally. Did you forget about that? We went through war and depression, like the Great Depression and stuff. Literally, my great-grandparents had to escape a country with the government coming after them to kill them. Who the hell am I? Yeah. Who am I to sit here in this chair and, like, for instance, we lose a podcast episode. What does it matter? We get to sit here again the next week and do it. Yep. We lose a podcast episode where there's people in countries at war that their house just got blown up. They lost all their family members. They have no money to their name. And we're like, oh, it's the end of the world. I don't know how to put it into perspective that people, I, I, I feel fortunate to have in my family line, fortunate in the sense of I get the perspective yeah. of these people have actually gone through it. And it, and it, I, I just don't know how else to put it. But if you guys are listening to this, please listen to this because yeah. like it's, it, we will have a more, we will have a more grounded generation if people understand. And the thing is, is, I, this is why I, I have, like, one of the things I want to do in my life is go back to Cuba. I'm 50% Cuban, if you guys don't know this. I've never been back. My dad has been back since he escaped. And a lot of people be like, why would you want to go back to such a terrible time? It's to actually get the firsthand experience of there are people still living in communism. Yeah. And we complain about little laws. And now they may seem big to us living in this country, but there are people where they don't they don't even get the freedom to speak on what they believe. Yeah. So the fact that we get to sit behind a microphone and this is why we're so so grateful to have you guys who listen to this, it's that like I hope that you guys understand that we're willing to put ourselves in the seat of listen, we're still figuring this out too. But I, I think I'm, I don't know what I feel about it. I think it makes me mad yeah. and sad all at the same time. Cuz again, we are like we don't want to we don't want to tell you guys if you are like blessed and if you are privileged, we don't want to tell you to not be thankful or grateful for that. Cause that's, that's what we're trying to say. No, like, but gratitude is shown in, in actually not complaining. hundred percent. Like taking the amount of stuff that we take for granted on a daily basis. It makes me sad when I put it into perspective. Cause there's so much stuff that we take for granted that we shouldn't. Cause like we, if I look in my fridge, 
and there's nothing i would say oh there's nothing to eat that means there's nothing that i want to eat there's food in there that i could eat if i if i just 100%. wanted if i needed food I'd, i could eat something in the fridge that's not the case for some of the people so it's like just don't take for granted the stuff that you have right in front of you it's kind of the whole basis of this episode i guess dude it it like i just i don't know i don't know how i don't know what the for someone that like th- but but here's the here's the thing about it is though is like there's something to be said about a kid growing up in a comfortable household and not knowing any different yeah it but you know that kid can also understand that kid can also be like i know there's other people that don't actually have this privilege so it's not like it's yeah, like what Josh is saying. It's not to discredit that you have privilege, but it's to understand that some people don't. Exactly. And so it's how can I sit here with the privilege that I have and either help the people around me that don't understand it or help the people that are living in it. Yeah. I think one of the best, per- one of the best, like the person I heard put it best, and I think this is when it sparked it, is when we had our friend Tim on the show, who works in corporate America, lives a more comfortable life than most, and he when he st- when we went back to like where his story started. He prefaced before he came because we asked like you know what were the what was something about your childhood that felt like a struggle and before he even answered the question he prefaced very clearly how much privilege he had growing up yeah and I think if we were to do that before we were to ever complain I think we would complain a ton less yeah if we were to think about all the things we did have before we complained about the little things that would solve I don't even think it, I don't know that the problem is talking about it I think it's the actions that come with it yeah. You know, I don't think I don't think the main focus of this is he just said that. No, it's how did he act accordingly? Yeah, because like you can. There's a there's a difference. You can complain outwardly and then just be saying it to vent. But that's not the case. But that's not the case. You could be complaining and then also live that life of ungratefulness. Yeah. Even if you're not complaining, you can still be living in a life of ungratefulness where you're just not you're not taking what you have at what it's worth like you discredit what you have just by acting in a way that oh, i deserve better than this yeah like even at the worst part of my life or like the part where our family had the least it had we still had a roof over our head and yeah. food in our bellies like we we never have been without and it's it's just sad to think that other and people think, might have started off differently yeah we have had we have a platform that a lot of people don't have when it comes to our starting base and i think and one of the things that made me spark this is when I started my agency and I started to make very good money for my age I thought what okay what am I doing with my money so before I even bought a car I haven't even ever talked about this publicly and the only reason I am no one I've not told a single soul that's other than the people that I've helped and I'm not I want to make it very very clear I'm not saying it in any way of I've done this look at me I'm saying in a way of so that my credibility of sitting here and talking about this can be more credible Every single paycheck I've gotten since I started my agency after covering my my expenses, I have I have sewn into people around me that I see have the work ethic, even down to the smallest things of and I'm only again prefacing this, the only reason I'm talking about it is because I need I, I there's something to be said about me sitting here and talking about it and then me really doing something. Yeah. So down to the smallest thing, and the people in this room will understand it, our Josiah, our video editor behind the camera. He's worked very, very hard for us. He never complains. And, you know, we help him out with certain things. But also, the other day, he was at a tattoo shop, and he wanted a tattoo. And I thought, dude, I just got this paycheck that's big for how much, how old I am. How do I sew into the people around me? I bought his tattoo. And that's just me being like, listen, I have extra money 
in a sense that someone else might not have. How do I sow into the people around me? Or even people that I see that are sowing into the youth in their own way that don't make money like I do, I will just cash up people $100 out of nowhere. And it's it's me being like, you make this money, but then what are you doing with it? Yeah. I drive a very nice car. Sometimes I sit and then I'm like, was this the smartest decision? And I, I go back to, okay, well, I worked for this. It's not like I got it handed to me. My parents pay none of it. And so I'm like, okay, I work for this. But on top of that, am I am I sowing into the people that are around me that yeah. I care about? And I think, and it, I think some, there's something to be said about financially stable people who are sowing into the people around them. Yeah, and it's also it's the people around them, and it's also the people in other parts of the world that really need the help. Hundred percent. Because like, again, we're not trying to brag or anything. Yeah. When I got the money from Chopped, yeah. the first thing I did before buying anything was donate a big chunk of it to um, building schools in Mozambique. Yep. Because it's just stuff like that that, as a 12-year-old kid, I didn't need this money. Yeah. But other people did. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's trying to find that balance of having what you need and then giving what you have. Right. You know what I, I mean? Actually, I want to touch on the thing. When I say, like, sewing to my friends, it's not just like, hey, Josh, here's 50 bucks. Go get food. Yeah. I, but I have done that in the past. When Josh is having a super hard week or... You know, I remember in the past, like, there's relationship stuff going on. I was like, hey, bro, go get dinner on me. Because, yeah. listen, I have this money in my bank account. How do I impact someone else with it? Money's impactful. Now let's use it in a way. And so when I say sewing into people, I mean, like, I have friends that go work in other countries with kids who can't make money. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, dude, here's $50. Go use this how you feel it can be the most impactful. Yeah. I don't know what that could be. I'm not there. Maybe it was he needed dinner tonight or he wanted to treat himself. All power to you. Go and do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um. That's all I have to say. Yeah, and that's our goal with Juvie as well. Yeah. We don't take profit from Juvie. Me, to be very extremely clear, 100% honest, me and Josh, zero dollars. We've never taken a Two single years. cent of profit. Two from years, this, from zero dollars. And all we want to do with what we have, with the platform it's and so with the money the we make, is so into the youth, so into Gen Z, and make sure it's the best generation and it can be. The taking the zero dollars is an intentional thing. That does not mean that there's not money sitting in the account. There's plenty of money sitting there. But I think a goal that me and Josh have is we want to get to the point where we're the brand itself is financially stable, where we can invest in people like you guys who are starting businesses. We A, a dream would be that in the next few years, we can be at the point where we're like, hey, we see this young entrepreneur. He's pitched us on something. Yeah, we want to invest $1,000 in what you're doing. Yeah, That's the goal. We're not taking anything from this. But it, it comes, it starts with the place of we're grateful to even be sitting here. 100%. And have people that care about what we listen, what yeah. we say. Yeah. That's it. That's all That's I have to say, guys. That's all we got, out, guys. I'm out, of, I'm out of words. That's Me it. Me too. Well, everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope that this kind of gives some perspective if you haven't had this perspective before because um, we love just giving people perspective on what we think. Uh, so thank you for listening. If you listened on any audio platforms, please make sure to download this episode, leave a review, give us a follow, make sure it's downloaded. I said that again, but we want you to really download that episode. Um, and also on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe, like the video, hit the notification bell to make sure it is on and leave a comment to see what you want us to do next time. Guys, that's a wrap. That's a wrap.